0: Listening to The Knicks Recap, your source for all New York Knicks related content. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Knicks Recap, your source for all New York Knicks related content. I'm your host, Troy, and don't forget to hit that notification bell so you stay updated with all of our latest episodes. Recently, we dropped an episode on Wednesday, September 7th, featuring Mark Berman from the New York Post. In that episode, we discussed Donovan Mitchell and if he really was traded to the Cavs in spite. We talk about the ideal starting lineup for the Knicks, if Grimes will start over Fournier, and more importantly, Mark gives his thoughts on Leon Rose and what he thinks about this offseason that he's given us. You don't want to miss that episode. It has so much Knicks-related content in it. You have to listen to it. If you haven't given it a listen already, pause this episode, go play that episode, finish listening to that episode, and then come back and listen to this one. And if you haven't listened to the last episode, I just did you a favor. I just gave you two episodes of the Knicks recap. You're welcome. Let's not waste another second and jump right into the latest Nick news. Donovan Mitchell is back in the news, Nick fans. This time around, though, instead of hearing that he was traded to the Cavaliers in spite, it seems that the Utah Jazz and Danny Ainge are taking a couple of steps back. Recently, on the Low podcast by Zach Lowe, featuring Ian Bakley, that was released recently, Zach Lowe basically confirmed on that podcast that the Jazz didn't trade Donovan Mitchell to the Cavs in spite. They didn't do that. According to Zach Lowe, they did that trade because it was the best trade on the table at the time. Let's analyze that. Because I spoke about this before, and and maybe, maybe you're listening, maybe you're not, maybe I need to repeat myself. So let's try this again. The Knicks offered two first-round picks. The Jazz wanted three or four first-round picks. Initially, the Jazz wanted four first-round picks, and then they dropped that to three first-round picks, but the Knicks were only willing to give up two. That's the story. And in the end, the Utah Jazz accepted a larger draft haul in getting more picks as Cleveland was offering versus what the Knicks was offering. Okay. We good so far? You with me? All right. Here's where things get a little tricky.
1: You just traded Donovan Mitchell to a Cavs team that has Karis Levert, Darius Garland, Jarrett Allen, and Evan Mobley. That
0: core. And then you add Mitchell to it, you basically took them from last year a playoff team to now a locked-in playoff team whose ceiling, we have no idea where or what they're going to be. So that's what Danny Ainge did when he accepted
1: the deal. Let's go to those picks. Are the Cavaliers going to be a lottery team this season? I don't think so. Are the Cavs going to be a lottery team next season? I still don't think so.
0: Here's this. if Even if they lose Donovan Mitchell three years from now, if they still have Jared Allen, Darius Garland, and Evan Mobley on that team, Evan Mobley with three more years of experience underneath his belt, that team is probably still a playoff team,
1: even without Mitchell. So, yeah, you got more
0: picks. Yeah, they're unprotected. But are they more valuable than the Knicks' two first-round picks you were going to get? Everybody that I ask seemingly thinks the Knicks are not going to make playoffs or even play-in this year. So, essentially, that means you think they're going to be a lottery team.
1: If you know that,
0: and you know if you took a haul, which apparently was offered by the Knicks, at least initially, according to Woj, in uh, early July, to the Jazz, you could make the argument that the Knicks either got a little bit better if they made that trade and gave up all those assets, or they got a little bit worse. But those picks still look better than the Cavaliers' picks, even in that situation. And the Knicks have been bad for a very long, Very long time. So if you're banking on history, trusting the past and seeing how things went and using that as a basis. Are there really any other picks
1: that are worth more than the Knicks picks? I mean. Really? Are there? Go ahead. Name a team that has more valuable, unprotected picks than us. Go ahead. Exactly. So if you're asking
0: me, probably a little bit of both. They always say the truth is somewhere in the middle. The Knicks feel like the Jazz weren't operating in good faith. The Jazz feel like they were operating in good faith. The truth really has to be somewhere in the middle. It's too hard to call. But at this stage, does it really matter? Donovan Mitchell is in a Cleveland Cavalier uniform. He's not in a Knicks uniform. Um, Stories just keep coming out about Donovan Mitchell. And obviously it's a link to the Knicks because it has things still to do about the Knicks. I hope over the next few weeks that the Donovan Mitchell news stays exclusively with Cleveland and leaves the Knicks out of it. Because I think I speak for all fans when I say that we want to take this Donovan Mitchell saga And turned the page on it already. Now, fans, I know you might be a little upset because we didn't
1: do a deal with Utah. You
0: might be a little bit happy now. According to John Gambadoro from Arizona Sports, apparently there is a small, maybe even large interest by some Knicks personnel. And one small forward, power forward, Bojan Bogdanovic from the Utah Jazz. Now, I know what you guys are already thinking. How is this unbelievably amazing hot free agent still on the... No, nah, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. And no offense to uh, Bojan. We were talking about Donovan Mitchell before. So to go for somebody like Donovan Mitchell... And then go down to Bodon Dogdanovich. It kind of feels like a little bit of a consolation prize. That's the only thing I meant by it. I'm not going to knock him at all. He's a great scorer in the 2019, 2020 season when the Jazz were going ape shit and just destroying teams. He was having his best season as a Utah Jazz, as a player in terms of scoring, anyways. 20.2 points is what his average points were during that season for the Utah Jazz. His highest in his career, I think. So, and he found it in Utah. So I completely understand why the Knicks want to put him in. I can absolutely understand why the Knicks want to add him to the roster because he does give the Knicks something that was a struggle for us last year, a scoring punch. And if he comes off the bench to do it, that's great. I'm happy to hear it.
1: However, who are we? What are we doing?
0: Who are we moving for that? What picks are we giving up? Are we giving up any picks? Who are we moving for that? Is Fournier part of the deal? Is Fournier not part of the deal? Can somebody explain to me what we are giving up to get this man in New York? Because honestly speaking, if you put Grimes in the starting lineup and you keep Fournier on the bench, I feel Fournier gives you. Just as much, maybe even better because of the chemistry he already has with this next team of a scoring punch off the bench. So I would rather you just do that than go sign somebody else who plays a small forward, power forward role, who you have an excess of players playing already. And good players, high usage players that is going to eat up all those minutes anyways. Randall and R.J. Barrett were some of the most used players uh, last season. And I don't see that changing going into this season. So with all those things, you know, put together. I don't know how much sense it makes to add him to this team, given the fact that you want to go young, given the fact that you want to run more, given the fact that you want to control pace. He's a very good player. For a certain system. And that system does not exist right now in New York. I think we're better off going with Grimes in the starting lineup at this point and keeping Fournier on the bench for a scoring punch than adding somebody else to do that. Now, if you're telling me you want to switch him, Evan straight up for, you know, Bodon, then by all means, go ahead, do it. You know, um, if if it makes sense, we're not giving up crazy amounts of picks and, you know, uh, we're getting off of this contract clearing starter minutes for Grimes in the process. And maybe we feel that uh, Bogdanovich is better at shooting the three and his scoring prowess off the bench than Fournier is. Maybe we feel he's more consistent. And if that's the case and that's the argument you want to make, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with whatever gets Grimes to start. Because I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. You treated Grimes as if he was an untouchable, untradeable piece. And at the end of the day, you didn't touch him. You didn't trade him. You believed in him. In some reports, it said that the Knicks were so high on Grimes that they believe in him more than R.J. Barrett. The guy you just gave $120 million to.
1: So if all of those things are true,
0: then you have to start this kid. You have to. If he is, and I'll quote Alan Hahn here, untouchable, then you have to play the kid and you have to see what he can do. And I personally want to see what Grimes can do with starter minutes. I think it's going to be an incredible season and situation to watch, and I can't wait to see what happens in training camp and see if uh, Grimes actually earns that starting position. Former coach of the Knicks, Jeff Van Gundy, probably my favorite coach, was recently in the news for the Knicks, and not really for a great reason either. He was speaking to Mark Berman, who we recently had on the show as well, of the New York Post. Regarding the Knicks and potentially where he sees the Knicks falling, if they're a playoff team, a play-in team, or what. He didn't really have that much praise for them or belief in them. Now, this is a quote from Van Gundy when asked. Van Gundy stated, and I quote, The Knicks have good players, but you line it up against the competition in the East, and this roster is not on the same level. They could shock the world and be a playoff team. But I look at the East and I have to say, 8 to 13 is where they should be predicted. They're not even close to a lock in for a play in team. A lot has to go right. Now, that's what Jeff Van Gundy stated when asked about the Knicks and potentially where they could be in the East this season. And if you listen to the Knicks recap, that's essentially what we've been saying since day one. Let's, let's not go crazy here. We all love the Knicks. We want them to do good. We want to see our players excel and, you know, see them grow and see them perform or even outperform expectations. We all want to see that. And I hope that the Knicks can shock a lot of people, turn a lot of heads and, you know, make a strong play in run. Cause I think that's where they're going to be. However, you can't hate Jeff for making those comments. The East is low. The East is probably more stacked this year than any other year I can think of. It is stacked from top to bottom. You could name 10 teams in the East right now and switch them up. And almost in any of those combinations, nobody could really say, eh, that's probably not the true, or eh that's probably not gonna happen. The reason for that is because you have so many good teams. The Bucks, Boston, Miami, the Hawks got better. I mean, there are just so many teams in the East that either got better, got healthy, so in turn got better, or are so young that you don't know what to expect from them. And I think the Knicks, given who they added, kind of falls into you don't know what to expect from them. If Julius turns it on and R.J. steps up and Jalen Brunson fits in seamlessly, this Knicks team could very well make a strong push for playoffs or a definite play-in. But if Julius keeps doing the same things he did last year with his attitude, R.J. is just as inefficient from three and maybe not finishing as well at the rim, Brunson maybe doesn't show that growth in the Jazz series throughout the whole season uh, for the Knicks next season. These things are possible. Absolutely. And Jeff is right. A lot does have to go right for them to even potentially make the playoffs or play in because the East is still sacked. So I don't have any problem with Jeff's comments, their true comments. And um, the East is stacked. When the East is this stacked, it's hard to say that this Knicks team has presently constructed, given the talent that's on it, that they're going to be a playoff team. A lot of things are going to have to go right, and one of the things that are absolutely going to have to go right is the play and attitude of Julius Randle. On the episode that we shot this past Wednesday with Mark Berman, a question came up of who do you expect the biggest leap from this season on the Knicks? Now, Berman uh, gave a, a dark horse in Miles McBride, and I don't hate that. It's a, it's a shock, definitely. I didn't expect that. I don't see how he cracks the rotation with Derrick Rose still on the roster. I mean, it's it's kind of hard, but hey, listen, I'm a Miles fan. I think he plays el- a less defense and hopefully he can find it there. But I think that Emmanuel quickly is probably the one that's going to make the biggest leap. I say this for really easy reasons. In terms of last season, the way he ended the season is probably better than any Nick. He had a really good end stretch of about 10 to 15 games he was just playing out of his mind very very good if you compare the numbers between quickly and another favorite in the league of Tyrese Maxey from the Sixers when they're on the court their numbers are scary similar scary similar and we saw what Tyrese Maxey did with confidence and more playing time I think Emmanuel quickly can go that route And I don't even know what his ceiling would be if he did. Now, this season, he's projected to come off the bench. I think that's a smart move to do, given uh, who you have on the roster. I think he can make a very, very good play for sixth man of the year coming off the bench if he focuses, locks in, and understands what his role is. If he can do those things, he's going to have one hell of a season. So I believe uh, Quickly will be the one to make the biggest leap This season for the Knicks. All right, guys, before I let you go here today, I just want to go ahead and say a big, fat, amazing thank you to each and every one of the Knicks recap fans. You guys have made this show one of the fastest rising successes in really modern Knicks podcast history. In our first day of launch, we launched at nearly the top. On Amazon's podcast for basketball pods. That's because of you guys. Our following has increased massively since the show started. You guys have gotten behind the guests that we've gotten. You guys are relating to the content. You guys are seeing the visuals and design graphics that we're producing for you guys, because we know how much that you enjoy that content. We want to provide these things for you, but we can't do it without your support, and it's just amazing to feel and see and hear all of the support the Knicks Recap is getting. We checked our audience before this show, and you're not going to believe this. We didn't believe it. But in Brazil, we are number six in basketball podcasts. That is phenomenal, amazing. I cannot believe that our reach goes all the way to Brazil. Shout out to my Brazil fans. Thank you so much for tuning in. Keep it going. And hopefully soon, one day, we can make that number one in basketball podcasts for Brazil. I cannot wait till that day arrives. And it doesn't only stop for Brazil. I know. I, I was shocked too. We have listeners in Australia, in Poland, in Ireland, in Ghana. We have listeners all around the world who are listening to The Knicks Recap. And you know what that tells me? That we have some of the loyal, most dedicated fans in all of the NBA. And I want to thank each and every single one of you for making this show possible. Thank you so much. This was another episode of The Knicks Recap. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow us. Until next time, Nick fans. Peace. Three, two, one. Yeah. Listen to new episodes of The Knicks Recap, streaming every Friday.